This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Hey, paisanos, it's Unqualified Video Game Podcast. The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. It's literally not what I just said. Right, a p- Unqualified, a video game podcast. I'm Cody. I'm John. And I'm John. Wait, wait, who was that that just said, and I'm John? I don't get the joke. So we've got a special guest today. That wasn't a joke. There's literally a third person that just said John. Okay, so so the, we've got a special guest today, uh, Paisa, Paisano, Paisanos, uh, and his name is John, too. Can, can we, uh, can we, for the record, just clarify... What we are? Who we are? No, I, I literally just said I'm Cody and you're John, oh, and right. John is also John, but I wouldn't call him a special guest. Ah, okay, I see what you're saying. He's, he's just a... He's, he's just here. a guest. He's He's just here, okay. Yeah, I'm here. To be a special guest, you'd probably have to be paying me. Oh, boy, and God knows we don't have the budget for that, am I right? <laughs> you know, we'd have to be getting paid first, I think. Yeah, that's a thing. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, so, John, um, why don't you give a little background on John and why he's here? You want John to give a background on John? Or John to give a background on John? <laughs> yes, just give a background on why John Martin is here. Uh, okay, so I'm here. Uh, You're John a- Martin. That's not what I said. God, neither, neither of you are good at listening. I was about to start talking until he did. John Martin is here. He's here. That's right. Thank you very much yeah. for joining us. Uh, yeah, thank you, John Martin. Uh, listeners. How, you've been here for how long now? About- uh, well, I've been on this earth for 28 years. Um, okay, good. Um, and I've been playing video games for some of them, which makes me... I'm not really qualified to talk about video games, and that is actually what this podcast is all about, is uh, bullshitting and acting like we know something about video games and talking about video games in an unqualified manner. And also you swearing, even though you know that that makes it take me longer to edit the episode. I'm sorry. God damn John. Wait, and now you're swearing. Good work. I don't remember that. So, uh, anyway, we are gathered here today because uh, John... Two is in this to the country visiting from another country. I was actually born before other John, so so really you John are too. you are visiting from the motherland where you currently live is yes. uh, is what it boils down to. And there's not a lot to do in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. Is that no? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's pretty accurate. So what are well, I mean? What are you typically doing then to pass the time? I'm, I'm assuming you're playing video games. From time to time, I do still play a video game or four there. That's good, because otherwise, uh, you you really wouldn't be qualified to talk on this show. No, exactly. I Actually, I have a PhD in video games. Really? Yeah. Well, then get out! You intimidated John and me. Um, uh, I decided... So, here's a little background on John. So, uh, John and I, the co-hosts of Unqualified Video Game Podcast, we've known each other for roughly 31 years. I think that's about right. right? That's cl- that's close enough. Yeah. Something like Check that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, and other John or John Two, as we all like to call him, including himself, uh, John Two also has known us for roughly that long. And Thirty-two he, years. And well, John Martin is a big guy in JRPGs and uh, MOBAs. 
And I'm kind of your resident, uh, usually more of a console gamer, but also kind of obsessed with 4X games, a little bit of JRPGs here and there, also some first-person shooter perspective. John 2 has a very special gift. Love? Love. Gift, passion, what have you, for... Achievements. Achievements. Yeah, actually, that's actually very true. Uh, and also, for more importantly, something that, John, you and I don't necessarily play a lot of, but tower defense games. Uh, it's, it's funny you say that because I'm going to talk about a tower defense game later, but... <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious, go. but... we got to have pre-production meetings occasionally. we got to add that. But uh, yeah, if you had gotten the notes that I sent you, because I'm yeah. so prepared for this episode, you would have known that I was talking about... But uh, that's true. I don't play a lot of them. I have one... Really, I have one super special favorite, and then another one I like a lot, and that's pretty much all I oh, play. Yeah? Would you care to share with our live audience what those are? The the super special one that I love dearly is Kingdom Rush and Kingdom Rush Frontiers. I think those are those are two of the best uh, tower defense games, in my opinion. Quick or, question. Yeah. To interrupt you, is Kingdom Rush Frontiers available on PC currently? I remember hearing about it coming out, but uh, I only played it on my iPad, so I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I knew it was available on iPad. And then the if other only we were qualified to be talking about this. <laughs> and then the other game uh, that I really liked a lot was Plants vs Zombies, which came out a while ago. Really enjoyed that one as well. So, but you're right. I do not play, and when so that's two. John, you have played mm, all of them. Probably all of them. Yeah. Okay. They're, I rarely meet one I don't like, but there, there are some notable exceptions. There are some just very incredibly poorly designed ones where it's clear that no one really played them and they weren't fun as a result. As somebody who is wrong, why do you like tower defense games? Um, because I, I, I have heard of people that really like this genre, and I don't really know what attracts me to the genre. Um, and it certainly is not all games. It is just a select few that I think are generally accepted to be some of the best ones out there to the masses. So what is it that draws you to a tower defense game? Like, what is so satisfying about it well, would, for you? Would you like to hear the uh, sort of psychology? Um, no, that's the wrong word. Would you like to hear the evolution of how I came to love tower defense games? I'll give you a short answer first, okay. which is they're like crack. <laughs> okay. If there I- were a video game equivalent of crack, that would be it. Okay, and so, I can understand I mean, crack cocaine. <clears throat> yeah, you understand that firsthand. I can relate to crack. Right. Personally. That's a different kind of crack. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So the short of it is that, um, you know, over the years, as, you know, games have developed and become more complicated, uh, there's, you know, been a countering trend of making, of simplifying games. And true. going back to, you know, production by smaller companies and a few people with an idea or a vision um, of, you know, making something that's enjoyable to play but not so overblown that you feel like you have to dedicate your whole life and times to it. Civilization Five. <clears throat> so there, that's a start. I mean, in over the course of my, uh, you know, video game playing career, which I w- was only doing for my PhD, mind you. Right. Um you know, when I was younger, I played pretty much any game that I could get my hands on for the Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Um, at some point, I did also start to get drawn into the Japanese RPG world. 
never really cared much for first-person shooters with a uh, few exceptions more recently and ones that were more uh, co-op rather than competitive because I I really don't have time to, you know, sit around and uh, master sniping people in online arenas. I get bored way too easily of, you know, trying to compete with a bunch of 13-year-olds who spend their entire summer sitting around playing games. And getting wrecked by them. Sure, sure, I got that. No, John, John Martin can relate. So are you saying are you saying that tower defense games draw you in because they are simplistic? Well, their simplicity is one thing, but then there are the, I guess with the advent of uh, a lot of the little tricks that I guess developers have been starting using to use within the past, I don't know, maybe five years or so to draw people into their games, which are things such as achievements. Now, achievements was a good first start, but, you know, pre-achievements, there were unlockables in games. You sure. know, if you complete and do a thousand and one things, you you unlock something, you know, like in... Goldeneye. Goldeneye, Mario 64, you know, you, you got all 120 stars just to get a triple jump that is completely worthless because you've already completely mastered the game. Sure. And Yoshi, you get Yoshi. Yeah, you totally get Yoshi. In bed... Okay, so after you've gotten Yoshi in bed. Okay, um, so unlockables, achievements, um, RPG elements is another big one. Right? Yeah, I mean, so that, that really you, blew up with, with like, Call of Duty. Right, so, you know, as you progress, you things get easier and you get new abilities and can go back and play old levels and that, you know, perhaps you didn't master, but uh, with being a higher level you can go back and complete to perfection and that's pretty much what i mean by crack and tower defense games are simple you could play i guess a a level or two of them within a short time period complete it but the perfectionist in me has to get everything and so although they are simple i do find myself uh from time to time i kind of binge on them and then i don't play them or play anything for a while. Um, but I do like getting all the achievements, gaining levels, and playing something that's not too complicated where the I guess the goal is to perfect my strategy and my setup of my towers so that I you know end up getting a perfect score. Sure. Sure, I can I can see that. I think a lot of tower defense games too are set up uh, in very similar fashions in that there's there's either a couple difficulty levels per level you're on or there are a couple of like rankings at the end of the level um and like the goal is to perfect the wave so that nothing gets through or whatever and that will give you the highest ranking for that level, right? And that's usually kind of difficult to do, at least in my experience with tower yeah, defense well, games. Sure, I'm also completely offended at letting monsters get all the way through. So. I think I think we can all agree on that, because monsters are ass So, have you been playing a tower defense game, then? I actually, just before I came back to, uh, for this visit, specifically for this podcast to the U.S., um, I... You were studying... Yeah, what were you studying? Thank you for flying back, by the way, from Russia, specifically to be on this podcast. Yeah, I couldn't have done it from there. There's no way you could have Skyped in like John and I do every week. It would have been impossible. Impossible. But before we talk about John's game, I want to mention, I started to say this. Say this. This. Now I'm good. I've said this. 
No, but actually, I was starting to say I reviewed Castle TD several episodes ago, and I told John about it. He did. He almost immediately downloaded it and played it. Immediately. <clears throat> not almost immediately. I hit a, a, not a plateau, but I hit a wall at a certain point and I couldn't progress through the game. And when I talked to John about it, he said something like, oh, I destroyed that game. Oh, I totally like had it for breakfast and lunch and dinner because they don't have real food in Moscow. And that was a free-to-play game, right? Yes. Yeah. That's yes. a perfect segue into into what I'm going to talk about. But we're not segueing yet. So, so, so skip what I was going to talk about and what I was going to talk about. To that segue into what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I think that's a it. proper way to, to do this episode. True, but in between segues, don't you usually guys, both of you, talk about something else for like five, ten minutes? Yeah, how was your weekend, John? Uh, I'm just kidding. We're not getting into that yet. The weekend was good. We were at a wedding, all of us together. It was pretty awesome. It but was none of us... I think you're unqualified to talk about that. It was kind of cool to see that, but none of us got married. None of the three of us got married, nor will we ever get married. We are all single forever. I'm actually married. All single forever. Have a wife for a while. Don't remember that. So, Castle TD, John explained to me... Here's uh, I, I just wanted to mention this to any of our longtime listeners. I know many of you are very uh, loyal. Both of you. Both of you. Thank you, Max, uh, for playing it. But the problem with Castle TD is here's the thing. If you beat a level and get three stars the first time you play it, you get like a thousand experience points, right? If you replay that level and get that perfect score again, you'll get maybe a hundred, right? Not experience points, but like crystals to spend, okay? hundred's not a lot. If you play the level and you survive until the last wave and then you lose, you get 900 crystals. I'm just using, like, rough estimates. So think about that. If you beat the level and get perfect, you get 1,000. But then if you replay it, you only get 100. But if you just die on the last wave over and over again, you get 900 each time. Okay. I was the one who told you this. You were the one that told me this, and that's how I beat the game. I had to start a new save file and do it. So I got about halfway through the game and then opened up mission mode and then literally played the same mission 200 times. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, yeah, pretty much. Except John, it only took me 100 times. That sounds so. That, that sounds horrible. So John it, it actually, there, it, it is a bad uh, bit in the development. Um, I mean, it's a free game, but you can also like buy crystals, and so I think... Unless you're as clever as the two of us, then they're trying to encourage people to spend money and become frust- just frustrated enough that they want to spend money money on it, but not frustrated enough that they just throw the game down. Yeah. And John Martin, what do you think of that kind of pay-to-play tactic? Like I said, this is a ridiculous segue into what I want to talk about, so we're going to save it because it'd <laughs> like, be perfect. Oh, ridiculously good? Oh, okay. I, yeah, I it is like the that. perfect segue, so I'm glad we're doing it before John talks about his game. So... Uh, <laughs> So, John, what game, then, have you been playing? So, I've been playing a game called... Uh, he has to look at his notes to remember the name of it. Yes, to qualify myself for this. Uh, it's called Go... He studies so many games. It, it's... <laughs> home... Home? Is, am I reading that right? Go Home? Oh, you, play, you played Go Home game? Go Dine, Home? Ding, dino, sours. Go home, Go Home Dinosaurs. So Go Home Dinosaurs, how was that? What platform did you play it on? Um, so I think it was originally in a tablet game, but they had recently released it on Steam. 
and it was on sale. Um, another thing I should note is that in Russia, uh, games on Steam are... I think they've been raising the prices more recently, but when I first moved there, games were in a lot cheaper than they cost in the U.S., and so I found myself going on, during Steam sales, going on binges and buying, uh, I don't know, probably like I'd buying games for, you know, maybe $1, $2, that in the U.S. were costing, you know, 4 or $5 when they were on sale, mm. and I would justify it to myself by just thinking, well, a beer in Russia costs two dollars at the grocery store this game cost two dollars and i could probably play it for longer and it might be more enjoyable now that being said i now have an excess of games that i haven't played and i think probably never will welcome probably won't um but the thing about it is is i i imagine from steam's perspective is that uh russians tend not to be terribly big on copyright laws compared to the u.s and um they also, you know, their average incomes aren't as high as in the U.S., so they have to make the games cheaper to encourage them to pay for them rather than to just download them for free on the Internet, huh. which plenty of people still do. So why aren't you downloading them illegally? Um, laziness a bit. I can play them with you guys if they're multiplayer. Oh, and they're like and Steam makes it easy. Yeah, they make, they make it easy to take my hard-earned money. It's a good tagline. We make it easy. Yeah. All right, well, that's all the time we have for today. But uh, Oh, so Go Home Dinosaurs. So you got it on Steam, played it. So, yeah, I think it ended up costing me like a dollar. <clears throat> One of the best and worst dollars I'd ever spent. <laughs> okay. Uh, not because the game was bad, but it. Uh, I'm of very two minds about playing video games because although I obsess over them if I like them and enjoy them quite a bit, once I'm done I also sort of think back to myself, God, what am I doing with my life and my time? I just spent, uh, I just had a, you know, four-hour marathon playing that game. And, you know, the only, I guess, real-world uh, applicability it has is, is, well, is none, basically. I can tell people, I can actually go on a podcast to talk about my experiences playing games. Well, See, not, to, not to mention that's what your doctorate is in. Yeah. True. I was going to say, that's the exact same way I feel after every time I uh, record an episode of Unqualified, a video game podcast. So I can relate. Well, I think it's just that, you know, you're all games to some extent, you're sort of, in one way or another, uh, perfecting, I guess there are a few types. I uh, This is sort of off the top of my head, but, you know, there are games where you have to perfect, like, particular movements and knowing where enemies are or jumping at the right time and so it's just a matter of pressing the right buttons at the right times and or having you know the proper strategy and setting up your you know defenses in the right way or i don't know help me out here i assume there are a few other things but to some extent it's it's you know hand-eye coordination i guess muscle memory memory Maybe a little bit of strategy and thinking for puzzle games, maybe a, a little bit more thoughtful. But um, at the end of the day, one of my other friends who uh, also enjoys playing games from time to time and would binge on them as well, uh, he would look back on his day and think to himself, man, I'd, I'm like a dog who just spent my entire day jumping through little hoops. And at the end of the day, the dog is still mostly the same, except that he's better at jumping through hoops. But the dog had a lot of fun doing it. No, right. I agree, and I do enjoy it as well. Um, I didn't feel bad after my 27 and a half hour civilization marathon. 
So go home, dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is America. Right. So go home, dinosaurs is a tower defense game. It is that, that made you think you wasted your life. I'm kind of confused no. as to where we're going um, with I this. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. Um, it's not a terribly difficult one. It's not incredibly easy either. Um, it doesn't have leveling. You do over the course of the game get new towers and new abilities. And um, I'd say like the the challenge level is maybe medium if you want to perfect it. It takes about maybe you know ten hours to perfect. I'd say they're about maybe thirty levels or so. Is it your standard tower defense game with like creeps moving? Yes, you have. There's a a defined path, and then there are pieces you can lay down alongside that path to attack enemies. And these pieces are you know take up squares on the grid, and they're kind of shaped. I guess I'd say like Tetris pieces. So. Like the the standard shooter is one square. There's a or no, it's two squares. Excuse me. There's a freeze gun which takes up like three squares and is shaped like a uh, the edge of a box. And then there's a a shocker which is shaped like um, that weird piece in Tetris, which is you know the plus. Yes. Well, no. But not a whole plus. Right. The thing that no one. Knows how to define, but everyone knows what we're talking about. <clears throat> Everybody knows what we're talking about. <clears throat> the plus, but without one of the pluses. Right. The three exactly. lines in a row with one line in the middle, one block in the middle, up or yes. down. Yes. Yes. That's the one. We all know which tetronino um, you were, to which you were referring. Good work. Thank so, you. what the game adds that I guess is a bit different from others is yeah, because that so far you have literally described. Every generic tower <laughs> defense game that has ever been created. But it's hard not to, because when I reviewed Castle TD, I had the same problem. You said, how is this different than other tower defense games? And I said, I have no idea. It's really generic. Honestly, I thought Castle TD was like the sequel to Kingdom Rush, because I'd heard it just come out. Cody sh- showed it to me, and it seemed like it was pretty much the same game, except with different levels and different monsters. Okay. And then I found out that it wasn't actually Kingdom Rush Frontiers, but huh. was made by some other company specifically for Android. I'm starting to sound a little too qualified, though, so I'll uh, yes, stop seriously. talking about that. Yeah, come on, so, doctor. So what is different about Go Home Dinosaurs? So Go Home Dinosaurs, um, what's unique about it is, is you also have a uh, little... What is it? A squirrel that you play as? And this squirrel moves around on the map, and you have to pick up palm trees, and you need a certain number of palm trees to buy a new tower. What? What? Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) You're fighting dinosaurs. Please tell me you're fighting dinosaurs. You're fighting dinosaurs. Oh my god. And so your your squirrel can shoot at the dinosaurs and move around, so he's like a mobile, mobile tower, but he also picks up uh, coconuts from palm trees that appear on the map in unfilled spaces so that you can build new towers and use your abilities. Okay. Um, and I guess that's sort of the appeal is that, you know, instead of just sitting, waiting, seeing if your towers defeat the enemies or not, uh, you have this little guy that you move around the map to be attacking as well and also to pick up um, coconuts. No, wait a minute. Isn't that also similar to Pixel Junk Monsters? Isn't that the, the, the tower defense game? Because I downloaded a tower defense game on PlayStation 3, uh, in part to torture John the last time he was in town from Russia, or, well, a few years ago anyway. 
and he played a ton of that, and you have a character that runs around the map. Oh, but that's only to collect to True. collect resources. Yes. It's not actually attacking, right? He does collect resources in that I one. I mean, we're, t- we're talking about the, the new wave of tower defense game like uh, Orcs Must Die or Dungeon Defenders, where your character is both a character in the world that you get to play as, as well as the tower creator. Yes, this game is much more simple than than either of those, though. Okay. You, you don't have a, you know, a lot of different attacks for your character. You have a limited set of power-ups. Um, you're not running around a world that is more open attacking, and it's not like a beat-em-up mixed with a tower defense. It's sure. just, it's a pretty much a more traditional tower defense game. Okay. That's the word I'm looking for. But it also has this little guy running around, which keeps you involved and moving in the game. And and then there are a few things, like you'll get, like, in some of the ice levels, you can... Uh, some of the levels will have, like, snowballs you can roll on the uh, path that the monsters walk on to sort of push them back. Little things like that, but I guess those are, those aren't so terribly unique, and... Uh, Cody does make a good point about, you know, having a character run around doesn't necessarily make it unique, but it is in a, uh, I guess, a different way than uh, pixel junk monsters. Is it, and that's an advantage? Because you like the old throwback. You were talking about how you like how it's simplistic. Is the addition of a guy running around unwelcome? It's welcome because it sort of keeps you occupied and... It's still simple enough. And... Yes, at the same time, it's simple, though. Um, Like Pixel Junk Monsters, there are times when I was playing that where I felt that if I wasn't moving my character around and powering up towers um, absolutely perfectly, there's no way that I could uh, beat the level without any monsters getting through. Yeah, the difficulty of that game was a little... a bit high for even you. Uh, To perfect it, yes. Yeah, That's, that's the impression that I got... When, after returning home from an eight-hour day at work, you were still on the first level trying to master that one. No, you made no, it past like the first the level. like the third level of the second world. Maybe. But, no, but you... you but I... Yes, I have been on that same level, and I'm still on that level. Um, <laughs> Years later. I'm at that point where I would not be opposed to, you know, just looking up a video online to figure out how to beat it, because uh, it's just gotten obnoxious. That sounds horrendous, but it is a it is a fun game as well. Otherwise, um, it I mean I think it takes a certain type of personality to really want to uh, perfect and complete these things. And I even even though I think my breaking point is higher than most people's, I I too have a breaking point where um, it's I'd just too just it's just like, too you know much. What? It's too difficult. I don't even care anymore. Right. You know? Yeah, so, and that, so and you he, would recommend oh, go, go home dinosaurs then, though? As, as far would. as like, if you were a tower defense fan, like if this is like a genre that you like a lot, this is a easy, right? Light. It's, a, it's a lightweight title, I suppose, um, compared to some of the others. I, I guess if you, you'd want to know what I consider like heavyweights, that what would, would you consider be, heavyweights? I'd probably say defense grid, dungeon defenders. Orcs Must Die. These are games where you, you know, invest a lot into playing each level and your movement as a character, just building your towers in the right places and leveling up and things. Um, probably Pixel Junk Monsters also, if you want to perfect it, requires a 
good amount of like time investment. Um, even ca- uh, Castle TD, you know, if you want to get through it, because there is that uh, that point where they want you to pay money to play it. If you don't want to pay anything, you have to start grinding. investing yeah, and grinding more. Whereas the, this game is fairly simple. You know, if you don't get the perfect on the first time, which for any seasoned player should be fairly easy um, for many of the levels. Uh, you can u- usually get on the second time, third time maybe. Not too difficult. So what makes it so good? Because when you were in the next room, you were like, oh, I can talk about this awesome castle tower defense game. It sucked me in, I guess. I mean, it's it's good Does in the sense that... Does it have like a cutesy art style? I mean, is it... It's cartoony dinosaurs, which okay. is, is fun. Um there aren't, you know, there are things you can buy with money in it. They're not, like, ridiculously overpriced, so, you know, you have to play levels four or five times. It's a it's a balanced game, I guess. And if you just want to play through it quickly, you can, you know, beat every level, no problem. And probably, I don't know, I'd imagine maybe six or seven hours. Um but it's just a, I guess, a fun sort of distracting game. You know, you go in when you're working. You go into your, uh, you go into the bathroom and pull out your tablet and play a level there. You have a tablet? No, I'm uh, for a listener though. I'm. Oh, sure, for our listener that has a tablet. I think our, our listener might have a tablet. I don't know. Uh, Let's... I, I gotta ask one more quick thing because John Martin, you and I have both played. Actually, all three of us have played Final Fantasy Crystal Defenders. The tower defense game. Yeah. And John, you, last time we talked about it, we mentioned it on a previous podcast, and you said it was brutally hard. I found it to be brutally, brutally difficult to which, perfect the levels in that game. Yes, which I totally agree. I believe we ended up looking up videos to beat every level, didn't we, John? Mark, so I think some John of the too. later levels we eventually did because, um, yeah, there was just came a point where, you know, whether or not you build lots of little guys or one big guy and what sort of attackers you're building it uh just became like too ridiculously specific and the only way to yeah perfect it you'd pretty much have to either go through like trial and error a thousand times or look up what someone else did online which we did yeah eventually do yeah we did i just wanted to check on that and john martin before you say we had to pay to play really fast, Angry Birds uses the same reward system as tower defense games. Right, it actually does. Where you've got a, you've got a one, two, and three star uh, level of what you're trying to reach in the level. Right, that's what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and look how successful that is. So there's obviously some sort of draw to that. Yeah, it's the it's probably the ability to beat to 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 complete the game or complete the levels easily and then the sync that is required the time sync that isn't required to master the levels maybe that is the draw i don't know i don't play either of them so um i will play tower defense games occasionally i do not play angry birds i have played it i don't understand the appeal to it but i don't like that game much myself obviously there is one because that game is the biggest the best-selling game of all time right most copies sold ever so actually it's weird um little side note in russia i see people with tablets on the metro um a lot of like older women playing bejeweled or angry birds or people you know that i wouldn't normally expect to be playing games just on their tablets just either sitting or standing and uh you know moving their fingers around quickly across them um 
which then leads me to sort of lean over further to figure out what they're playing and doing, which is not something I've seen much of in the U.S. Maybe I haven't been here. And then breathing awkwardly on their neck. I'm sure that that's very weird for them. Probably not so much for you. I, cor- I correct them. I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You move here instead. Oh, that's does not, that work? Yeah, no, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, how many chicks, older chicks, have you picked up that way? Um, all of them? 40 plus? Yeah, pretty much all of them. All of them. Perfect. So uh, if you're ever in Russia, help old women with their uh, with their tablet and you know their bejeweled, their tower defense needs. You too could get some uh, some hot ladies. I hear see, they're pretty good. See, you said that, that 2 or $3 for a beer could get you more... Uh, you know, more enjoyment if you bought the game instead, but it gets you an equal amount of women. One beer isn't going to get you a lot of women. It might get you one, but this, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Every, every time I ride the train, there's a potential, uh, potential, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, you know, uh, potential, uh, you know. Well, you're, uh, you're not being clear at all as to what you're saying. <laughs> Except you have not actually said anything. That's actually completely free. Helping old ladies on the train. I can. I was a Boy Scout when I was younger, so I consider it kind of my duty to help them out. But you never would have gotten the skills without playing those games. Is what I'm saying. It all goes back around, man. Listen, this is a deep ass quad quad past. So we we briefly touched upon the fact that 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 like uh, Castle TD was a was a free to play game. Now it doesn't. Gone Home Dinosaurs is not. Wait, are uh, we but, seguing now? Yeah, it's a segue. I'm seguing everywhere. And the, the smoothest transitions are the ones we call out. John yeah. has always has always stressed that. So let's. So listener, this, this is the transition. I am segueing to sure. our next segment now. Right now. So uh, we were talking about free to play stuff, and I want to talk about free to play models for um, for what I want to talk about because I have been playing some tablet games uh, a lot, like a lot. At work uh, on the toilet. I have. Um, I have sunk a lot of hours into these two games I'll talk about, and I'm having fun with both of them, and they are both free-to-play, but they approach the model... Uh, I mean, they're wildly different games, so they're going to need wildly different models for free-to-play, but they approach their models uh, just in a very different way. So, the first game I want to talk about is a game called Soul Forge. Um... If, uh, if you don't know anything about this game, which you probably don't, because it's I it's do. a kind of a little known game. It's a uh, it's a very new game. That's I think it's technically still in beta. If it's not in beta, it is just out of beta. There's still some stuff that's not implemented in the in the version of the game that I have. But it is on iPad and PC. You can get it on Steam. It is a collectible card game that is purely digital. So it is only in a digital. Space. There are no actual physical cards anywhere, um, which means that their costs for printing are none. So they, you know, there's potential to make a lot of money out of this if you can kind of, kind of get rolling on it um, later. And save not trees. In, later, not in this episode. Yeah, and that's really what they're trying to do is save trees. Later, not in this episode. We can talk about Hearthstone, which is Blizzard's, uh, Blizzard's counterattack model of this, right? Their uh their digital collectible card game. They will be wildly more successful. They will make billions of dollars on theirs, I'm sure. But we're talking about Soulforge now. So it's a collectible card game. Um and it it has a lot of creators uh of Magic the Gathering that are on it. Like creators of Magic. So they have a 
what I would what I would call a pretty good and fun system of play. So just to briefly describe it to you, you've got a hand of five cards in a deck of 30, okay? There's four factions that you can draw cards from. And when you first start the game, you've got access to two decks. Now, in the beta, you could buy starter packs that would then carry over to your to your main deck once they got out of beta. So I bought one. With okay? real world money. With real world money. I bought one because I was really enjoying the game and it was and the they were at Gen Con the first year that they were around, they were still a Kickstarter. They were at Gen Con. I played the game at Gen Con and I was like, man, this game is actually really fun. I don't mind like sending a little money their way. So So you, you signed up for the Kickstarter or I didn't sign up for the Kickstarter. I bought the deck once the the beta was uh, live. Got it. Okay. Got it. So, so let me interrupt you with my two cents here um i actually did sign up for the kickstarter because i also really enjoyed the game um at gen con but um i actually haven't played it since the beta became available to me and i had two decks and i've been meaning to at some point but it's you know i the kickstarter was something like last november or december and then it didn't end up coming out for uh android or pc until March, April, or May of this year. Right. It did. I mean, it definitely did take a while to come out. They had been working on it for a long time. So, um, but but anyway, I bought one deck for five bucks, and I got access to all of those cards. And each of the starter decks that you could buy when the game was still in beta, all had like a. They are four rarities of cards. They all had like one of the most rare cards, um, and then they had a you know a couple of the the second most rare cards and then a bunch of the next most rare cards and then a bunch of commons too. Um, and then the beta was done and you could no longer buy these starter decks. Um, the model then changed to one where you would buy booster packs, just like a normal collectible card game. Okay. So the way that this game is played is there's five lanes, um, that are each facing each other from one opponent to the other. So it's a two player game. Five lanes for each opponent. Right, so you player. one creature can fit in each of these five lanes as you're playing. You've got a hand of five cards that is discarded at the end of playing each turn. Um, and another five are drawn then for the next turn. You only play two cards per, per turn. Now there's stuff that breaks that, of course, just like in any card game, rules are broken by cards. But the general mantra of the game, two cards... So you play two cards, and then you discard the rest of your hand. Now, the really interesting part about this game is that every card has three levels. And when you play the card, instead of instead of discarding that card when you're done playing it, you level the card to a stronger version of itself and discard that stronger version. And then, after four turns of five cards, so once you've cycled 20 cards of your 30-card deck you level up. And when you level up, you you shuffle your entire discard pile into your main deck, and you're then drawing cards again. Now you're drawing cards with the possibility of getting these level 2 cards when you're drawing cards. Um, so it's like when you discard a card, it becomes more powerful? Well, but you're not discarding it, you're playing it. It's when you play a card, the next time you see that card, it will become more powerful. Sure, okay, so the more you want to play it a lot... So it gets stronger. Right. This right. is also why the game is only digital, I think. They right, us. because there's no way you could keep track of something like that if you were playing it. I mean, it is, so, it is, it is a mechanic that is only... It is, the only way to, to use the mechanic is in a digital space. Um, so that's kind of cool because 
because that's the only way where I would think that this would be a an acceptable video game. It wouldn't be acceptable uh, to, at least I don't think it's acceptable necessarily to put just a trading card game onto a digital platform and then charge for the cards. Like, you can get Magic every year. You can get a digital version of Magic the Gathering. But I think to my knowledge, you don't buy cards in it. You just have stuff unlocked and you like unlock new decks as you play the game. I, I don't, believe that's correct. I don't or think you if you're lazy you can actually buy those decks. But you you can unlock them without paying money. Exactly. Right. Um this this game again can only exist in digital space. So um therefore I I don't necessarily I think it's kind of I think it's acceptable that they are that they're using like a booster pack model for it, okay? Um but anyway, you play two cards, you've got five creature lanes. Um, every creature, you know, has summoning sickness the first round. So the first full round that it's out, it doesn't attack the lane across from it. Um, however, every round after that, it will attack. Uh, it will attack on your round, and it will also attack on your opponent's round every single time. So it's it's kind of an interesting, like I said, it's an interesting mechanic because the, the battles are constantly going on. Um, and you have to you have to take that into account when you are strategizing as to what you're doing with your creatures, obviously, um, because you, your creature is going to attack twice before you get to do anything with it again. Um, but but anyway, there's there's five lanes, and then if there's no creature across from the lane that your creature is on, it attacks the other player, and every each player starts with a hundred health, and once that hundred health is depleted, you you're done. So this sounds like a MOBA in card form, because no. the, even the but even the vernacular you're using with lanes, because in, like in Awesome Nods, there's three lanes and you use bots to destroy the towers and then yeah, yeah, you do the, that to get to the other player essentially. Definitely, base. definitely no correlation to a MOBA at all. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> they're they're just called lanes because that's the easiest. That's the easiest word to describe them. I mean, it's five squares that are all adja- you know adjacent to each other. There's a middle one, and and the cards even refer to them as lanes. Like there's a card that you know says, "When in the middle lane, all other creatures get plus two attack." Um, okay. So, so that's and that's the simplicity of it. Now, again, just like every card game, all the cards break all of the rules, right? So. <laughs> There all are, card breaks every rule. Right. There are there are all these rules, but I mean they all get broken by these cards. And um you know, the the rarity of the card is typically uh typically correlates pretty well to how game breaking the ability is. Um so the reason why I, I was referring to free to play models is because this free to play model, this is how they do it. So for logging on once a day. Uh, and that once a day is done by 24 hours. So when you log on this time, 24 hours later, you log on again. You get a uh, log on, a daily log on bonus. Now, this comes in the form of silver, which is the in-game currency. And one other thing. Sometimes it'll be a card. Like, I've gotten lots of common cards that way. Um, I've gotten some rares that way, some second level cards that way, some, all we could call them uncommon cards. Um, I've gotten boost, like booster packs, like a base, a basic booster pack will show up, which is three cards. One of which is at least an uncommon or better. Oh, wow. That's pretty sweet. And I've gotten, 
I've gotten legendary cards that way. I've gotten the highest. So it's completely randomized. You just are more likely to get more common stuff, right? So you're telling me I need to start playing this game. And you need to at start least start logging on a little on bit a every day. You need to at least start logging on once a That's day. That's another crack tactic that they use against me. Yeah, yeah except that it's, it's free cards that way. Um, typically, you get like 1,500-ish silver per bonus, and it's 900 silver to buy a basic basic booster pack. So you pretty much, just for logging on, will always be able to buy a basic booster pack, which is pretty cool. The next time, the next bonus that you can get is you can get a first win of the day bonus. So if you play a match, which the matches last anywhere from, I've had five-minute matches um, when the cards just completely come up one, one player's way, to about 15-minute matches. So they're not long, but if you uh, get the first win of the day, you get the same style bonus. You get an, a, an amount of silver, which you can then use to buy packs, or you get, or and you get either a card or a booster pack or whatever. So that's the second bonus you can get every day. The third is three wins in a day. So if you get all three bonuses in a day, I'm typically getting about four booster packs that way. What? The, yeah, the booster packs only have three cards in them. It's typically two commons and an uncommon, but there's a chance for rares and legendaries as well. And I have gotten a few legendaries that way. But you also have the possibility of getting uh, the basic booster packs out of just those bonuses, as well as getting better booster packs. Like, I've gotten the the second tier booster pack, which is eight cards with at least one rare, which is the, the third level rarity. I've gotten those just from, like, the daily login bonus. So, there, Good question. How many cards do they currently have in the beta? I know? have no idea. There's no. I'm sure there's a there's a a database somewhere where I could go look at that, but it's not in the app, the actual game. It's not in the app. Um, and I'm only playing this on iPad because it is the perfect iPad game. Um, so I don't know how many cards there are, but I can honestly tell you that like almost every day when I'm opening packs, I'm getting a card that I haven't seen before, and I've played quite a few games now. Um, How many days have you been playing this? Maybe a month. Wow. Yeah, I've yeah, been uh, playing a lot yeah, of games. Yeah, and I I play it at least I at least log on every day just to get my log on reward. But I will typically play to get my one win of the day award because it reward because it usually takes two matches. Well, um, you can do that when you're in the bathroom at work. Exactly, when I'm in the bathroom at work. Especially when you're in the bathroom at work. Especially when I'm in the bathroom at work. So I actually really like this free-to-play model. Um, it incentivizes winning. So it incentivizes actually playing the game and winning at the game. It incentivizes just playing the game. Yeah. And I don't feel... Uh, I feel like by just playing the game, I, I am getting enough cards to stay competitive with the other decks that I'm playing. Um, and that's good because I, I've only bought, I've only put in that $5 of that first starter deck that I bought. That's it. Um, so I'm really liking this free to play model. I really do. Uh, I mean, here's a question though. Let's say, you know, let's take me for example, you've been playing the game for a month and have had, you know, Lord knows how many booster packs were I to start up and begin to play the game. You know, and, and get into it a bit. 
would you find that it's you know terribly unbalanced playing against a someone who's just starting off? Would it be like discouraging for anyone? I could go up against. I could see it being tough, but the two decks that you're given are okay. Like they're they are winnable decks. Now there are people out there that have obviously either gotten real lucky or spent a lot of money, um, but you're gonna have that. You would have that when you played another a regular collectible card game. Oh sure, and that was the worst aspect of playing Magic when I was, you know, eight years old. Is that there, I'd be playing against twenty twenty five year olds who had regular stable incomes and just could afford to buy more cards and build better decks than I could. Right. So that possibility is still here. I mean, you're you're going to run into that because it is a collectible card game. But at the same time, the playing field is a bit leveled, it sounds like. But in a regular collectible card game, you are not ever getting cards without spending money. Right, yeah. Whereas in this game, you are constantly getting cards without spending money. Um, so there, there is a little bit of... I would think that it would be an easier game to jump into than a regular collectible card game, a physical collectible card game. Oh, agreed. Yeah, it still encourages participation as a way of uh, getting better at it. Right, right. Um, so, again, this is this is one free-to-play model. Uh, I really like it, okay? Um, everything is available to all players, whether they pay money or not. It just takes luck. Um, your Your booster pack is not guaranteed to have a specific card you're looking for. Just just like my booster pack, like your booster pack that you paid money for will not have a specific card. My booster pack that I did not pay money for will not have a specific card in it. So I the the playing field is relatively level. Can you, you buy rare cards or No, rares? you can't buy individual cards. You cannot trade cards. Now that may be a functionality that may be added later, but right now mm-hmm. it is not it is not something that I think they are looking to do. Um which is an interesting decision. It'd probably be a little difficult with uh, just the way digital goods would would be traded. There'd probably be some untoward activity, I would think, um, since it is all digital. I don't know. There's yeah, there, there's a reason for for them doing what they're doing. Um, but I really I really like it, and uh, so it's got a it's got a digital layout, obviously, because you're playing it on a digital device um and it's easily sortable when you get cards so a deck has to contain at least one color of the four obviously and can only attain a max contain a maximum of two well it's really easy to just click off two different colors and get a list of all of the cards that you own of these two colors to make a deck out of them so it's very easy to make decks and it's pretty easy to look at the cards and understand how they'll synergize with one another um so and you can store something like six or eight decks or something. So you can make a bunch of decks and then try those out. Now, John, to answer your question, um, I have, I've got a deck that I play that is pretty darn good. Um, but I also have a bunch of other decks that I like to just mess around with and like make new decks and play with. And I play them against other people. So even if, again, even if you didn't have all of the best cards, you may run into people like me that are also trying out other decks with cards that are not necessarily the best. And you know, be able to... I was about to make fun of you for saying you play them against other people, but then I 
realize that actually brings up a good question. Is there an AI in the game? Can you play against a computer yes. opponent? Yes, but you can't get anything that way. You can't get cards that way. You could just use that to, I guess, practice. Oh, and, boo! But, but I, there's, there's no like record keeping or anything, so there's no... I, I don't see why, if you can play with other people, you wouldn't just play against another opponent. Um... Because again, I, if, even if a record was something you cared about, they're not keeping track of that. At least in the beta. At least not yet. Exactly. There will be a campaign mode as well, and they've also they've said that that is going to be a way to to earn cards. That will be a single player thing, but that has not been released yet. It is something that is still being worked on. Hmm. So again, at that point, then even if multiplayer is not necessarily your thing, if you feel a little pressured when you're playing against other people, there will be a, a way to play against the computer to also earn cards. Kind of cool. Okay, so I'm so I'm like I said, I'm hot on this game. Like the model, I I may throw some money at it because I feel like the developers have a very good product, um, and I, I like that. And what so, what's it called again? It's called Soul Forge, and that's spelled S S O L F O R G E. Oh, like Soul, the god of the sun. Exactly. And again, you can find it on Steam. And Steam's kind of cool because it's you actually pay for it on Steam. It's not free to play. I think it's 20 bucks and you get Whoa. all fi- you get you get all four of the starter decks when you pay for it. So you're pretty you're pretty immediately able to make some decent decks out of that. But 20 bucks up from 0? I think. Well, they did charge 5 bucks for every for every starter deck. It might be 15. I don't oh, okay, know. but still, that's still. I mean, I mean, like I said, they charged five bucks for every starter deck, so I think that is what that is their justification for that price. I don't yeah. know how they're doing on Steam, right. um, but but anyway, so it's also available there. But again, it's free to play on the iPad or other. It might be on Android as well. I don't know. If anyone from you know the Soul Forge creation team knows how they're doing on Steam, if you could send us some statistics on your sales. Yeah. Uh, then we might be qualified to talk about such S- things. Yeah, send that to unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, and I just searched for Soul Forge on my uh, HTC Evo 4G LTE from Sprint and Now Network, the world's fastest 4G network. And uh, there are no results in the app space for that. So it so, does not appear to yet be on the Google Play Store. Right. So as of right now, it is just iOS then and uh, just iOS and uh, I PC. I believe it's PC, yeah. Yep. Which is weird because usually the best games come to Android and iOS is all total garbage. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird how that works sometimes? Who knows? Uh, just a weird fluke, I guess, this time. Yeah. Um, so that is one free-to-play model that I am I am hot on. I feel like the developers have done a good job, and I really hope that they're making some money. Again, I, I've already thrown a little bit of money at them. I wouldn't mind spending a little more money on their product because yeah, I think it's really good. It's from uh, the same team that made the uh, card game Ascension, right? Yes, it oh, is. Wait, it is? Why did yes. you not mention that, John? Because I forgot, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, You're which such is a big gamer. Well, I apologize for adding that qualification there. Yeah. Yeah, that PhD. Look, look at me. Yeah, it's your it's your PhD, Mister Science, Math. And you know, I, I asked it as a question. Is that the same team that made Ascension? But I knew the answer to yeah, that question. I, I know, I know you did. Thanks for throwing me a bone there, John, and then bringing other people's attention to it to then take my bone away. Speaking asshole. of t- speaking of uh, calling Segways. attention to things, let's talk about a segue into a free to play model that you also love. Right. So the segue is happening. Yes. Right now. now. 
So this is a great uh, this is a great segue then uh, that we just that we just drew everyone's attention to to uh, a free to play model that I may not be so hot on. But you're not hot on this, right? I am I am playing Plants vs Zombies too, which is really funny that we talked about tower defense again because I don't play tower defense games, but you gave me the opportunity to talk about one of the two tower defense games I really like. I'm an enabler. Yeah, so it was, and you had no idea I was going to talk about this, so it was just kind of really weird coincidence. Um, obviously, the Fates are with us today. Thank you, Fates. So, uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2 is an EA product now. When it first came out, it was PopCap. PopCap was not owned by EA when the first Plants vs. Zombies came out. Since then, it's been acquired by EA, and this new Plants vs. Zombies, Plants vs. Zombies 2, has finally been released. Something... I and other Plants vs. Zombies fans have been waiting for for a long time. So, in in one word, John, did they sell out? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Dissed. They did. So, uh, the first game was, on the iPad, it was seven bucks, something like that. And it was really good. PopCap makes quality products. I don't know if you've played any PopCap games, but... Uh, what else have they made? Bejeweled. Peggle, um, they've got they've got like the lightest weight uh, Zulu Zumu that they're like flash games like they originated in in the flash space um, and then branched out into these into these larger areas. But Bejeweled was their big. I think that I think Bejeweled was their most successful title. Probably. Um, so Plants vs Zombies the original came out. Uh, it was seven bucks on the iPad, like three bucks on the iPhone. Um, they had a bunch of sales Probably on it. Like thirty cents in Russia throughout the course of its life. Uh, it was really easy to get a hold of. It was and it was very good. It was just a the level the like the levels were very well tuned in terms of a tower defense game. Um, they were. It was not easy. It was a, like a I would say a seven or eight ish hour game, um, and it had this really funky, wacky sense of humor. And I think that's what people remember the most about it, about that first game. I know that's the thing that I liked the most about it. Um, just because it had, it just had a great sense of humor. Yeah. I mean, you, un- you unlocked this really catchy, funny song when you beat the game that the sunflower sings. So it's just, it, it didn't take itself very seriously and it was a lot of fun and it was completely self-contained. So you paid the money once there was n- Later, they did add some functionality to uh, to pay for other things in the game, but DLC. that only ha- that only happened after they were acquired by EA. Oh, EA acquired them. Were you listening that, to like, our podcast? I think I said that like three times. Oh, so what's the name of this game? So, um, so the second one comes out, and I'm I'm jazzed because. I loved the first one, and I had actually been following the second one's like release plans. It got delayed, which was a bummer. Um, so finally, it comes out, and I'm stoked. So I download it immediately, and it's free to Wait, play. Were you jazzed or stoked? I was both. <laughs> so um, I start playing it, and uh, it it's divided into levels, just like a lot of other tower defense games, and. Um, the first area uh, um, is uh, ancient Egypt. Okay, so uh, the 
the plot of this game is you are you are the homeowner of the first game, and uh, Crazy Dave, who was this hilarious character uh, from the from the first game, um, has lost he he had a taco at the end of the first game, and he ate it, and he liked it so much that he wants to go back in time to re-get the taco to eat it what, again. That, was it the whole storyline of the game? Of the first game, or the second game. That is the, yes, that, in the first game, that is how the game ends, is you find a taco after you beat the final boss, and it turns out that it's been Crazy Dave who really wants this taco, and then he just eats it. it obviously, very intentionally stupid. I don't uh, see what's so, not serious about that. So continue. you go, it's a good f***ing taco. Uh, so you go... You go back to ancient Egypt at the start here, and it's divided into levels. Um, and just like the first game, you are unlocking new plants as you beat levels. Uh, in the in the first game, pretty much after every single level, you unlock a new plant. Um, at both, really at the start of the game, um, but eventually you you stop necessarily unlocking new plants every time, um, and you start unlocking like. Like, the zombies will write you a note towards the end of the of the level in the first game. Um, but for the most part, you're unlocking new plants all the time. Uh, in this one, you unlock a new plant, like, every two or three levels, right? And um, is the game initially free to play? or is there Yes, a- it is initially free to play. It is free to download. So, uh, so you've, got, um, you've got your group of plants that you can play with. Um, and you just you you start moving through the game, and it, all is great, everything's great. Um, you get to the end of the of the whole first area, and you you beat it, so you're done. Um, you're done with Egypt, and uh, something that open something that unlocks is something that the first game was sorely missing, and that is uh, an endless mode. So oh. they they finally they finally put in an endless mode, which is great. Um, However, you need it because you're not given everything you need from just playing through the levels. You have to grind because it is a free-to-play game now, okay. which kind of sucks. Um, but they at least put an endless mode in there that is – it's kind of fun. I mean you get three like cards that flip over that are randomized plants at the start of each round that you can then put into your plant repertoire to play that round with. Um and that just unlocks more and more plants as the endless mode goes on because you only start with like five of that mode. Regardless, so maybe you're getting to this, but can you pay for anything? Aha! Yes, I am absolutely getting to that. So uh, just let me let me finish the explanation of how the game works. So you get to the end of the first of this first area, and a star door appears. Of course, a star door appears. Seems uh, legit. Because how would you travel through time if not with a star door? So the star door ap- appears, and it's like, hey. You need to go collect fifteen stars to open up this this star door. Okay. And you're like, okay, uh, what's a star? And they're like, oh, well, now that you beat the level, you can go back to every single level and get a maximum of three stars on the regular levels. But you couldn't get those the first time you played it. But now you can get it. So you can play the same level four times. You know. And that's that's provided you never die a single time. You just Wait, hold get on. To... So you can only get a maximum of one star each time you play the level. Exactly. This sounds so, like a lot of grinding. 
So you right, so you get one star each time you play the level, and the and to be fair, they have tried to spice it up a little bit by every single one of these stars has has different conditions to get the star. Like for instance, one will have don't plant on Crazy Dave's spores, uh, and so the first two lanes of the first two entire vertical lanes of the level are full to, full of spores that you can't plant on. So it basically moves all your plants forwards and decreases the number of plants you can plant on that level. The next one will be like, don't spend any sun for 35 seconds. Um, and then don't lose any lawnmowers, right? Right. Challenges. Sure. So different challenges you can do to get these stars. Um, but you great. can't get more than one at once. Which you can't get more than one at once. So, okay, great. So I got to get 15 stars to do this. All right, well, that, that's a fucking lot, but I like this game. I started I started to play it in a fashion where I was like, all right, I before I go to bed, I am enjoying playing it. So before I go to bed, I like play one or two levels because I'm having fun and uh, get the stars that way, and then I go to bed. And so you, it lets me kind of piecemeal it, play a little bit at a time. Um, I see. You're, you're not like me. You don't, you know, say, oh, I'm going to play one level and then end up playing yeah, four. The, yeah, you should probably never play this game. So, wow. or so, get a wife. I don't know. Yeah. So you. Uh, so I get to the end of all this, and I pay my fifteen stars, and it's like, whoa! I get to go out of the next level. Uh, the stars all get spent of the star door, and the star door opens, and um, you show up in casino pirate, pirate time. I was close. It's it's time for pirates. So um, you are at pirate time. Um, you have some really funky functionality with the levels in pirate time. Like there's zombies that swing in over planks. Um, you can knock stuff into water kind of neat. All's great. So, um, I'm playing, I get to the end of, uh, end of the level. Endless mode opens up and they're like, Hey, you know, here's a star door. Um, you need 30 stars to open this door. <laughs> Oh, and you you spent the stars, by the oh, way, at the end gone. of the last level. Well, yeah, you, well, sure. You didn't just have them and open the starter. No. You paid the stars to the starter. Just, just like in Mario 64. Oh, by the way. Oh, wait. By the way, if you don't want to collect these stars, you can pay us like six bucks. We'll just let you move on to the next level. So that way you don't have to go back and collect all these stars. Wow. So is 30 stars then the maximum number you could get from playing... Uh, no. The levels over again, or no? Because you could actually go back to Egypt, which you know you didn't spend enough time in. You only played each level four times. That's right. not nearly enough. Right. You can go back to Egypt to get some of the stars you missed there. Okay. So in, more... in Egypt world, how many stars can you I, get? I think it's like twenty-seven or something. Okay. And then and in the fifteen to open, and then in the pirate level, it's more than that. It's like thirty. Yeah, I should probably never play this game. So, uh, so great, awesome. So we've got, uh, you know, we've got. Oh, just wonderful, large, great, delicious amounts of stars um, that you need. So, um, that is that part that I don't like. Because I don't like that it's just like, here, these levels aren't necessarily the most fun, but you can spend 30 hours of your time playing them over and over and over again to unlock the content. Or you can pay us some money to unlock the content. Dislike that. Not yeah, fun. I think I have to agree with that. Like paying money to you know, avoid annoyance seems to me like a, a bit of a 
cheap trick on uh, right. gaming right. companies' parts. I would rather they were, you know, sort of upfront with me about it. Look, we made this product, and we think, you know, it's good. People are going to like it. We'd like you to be able to play the content on it. Here's how much it costs. Yeah. Now, now, to be fair, this is a super standard way that free-to-play games work where it's like it costs a little money to speed up your progress. That is like that is that is the most common sure, true way. question, but it seems to me that this is still a relatively recent thing, and that the uh, the verdict's not necessarily in on whether or not this is more profitable than. Oh, uh, the verdict the is in. It is far more profitable because you get you get a very small number of people that spend a crazy amount of money. Okay, so, so people th- get angry with their video games much faster than I do. <laughs> yeah, so the the verdict is definitely in. These are incredibly profitable when they are done when they are done right. Um, so you're sounding qualified to me now, John. Okay, so uh, so the other thing, so you've got world maps too in each of these. So it's not just a like linear path of levels. There's also these little branching paths, and these branching plants are paths are gated by keys, like key doors, and the key doors require a certain number of keys to open the door. No, um, they don't. They do. So. Uh, and behind these key doors are three more levels, um, each with a one-star level with a completely new set of uh, of like challenges, like ones that you never see before. So they're they're fun because you you open these doors, and when you open them, you get to some really crazy levels that like have just completely different rules to them, right? Um, so that's that's fun. Um, However, the doors require a certain number of keys. Uh, I've seen anywhere from like three to five. The keys drop once every, I don't know, 15 levels randomly. (laughs) Randomly. Randomly. Good. And you have to make sure you tap them fast enough to get them because anything in the game only lasts for a certain number of seconds when it hits the ground. Otherwise, it disappears. So if you're paying attention to a lot of other stuff on the screen, you could technically miss keys. I think I have missed some. Um which I didn't realize how valuable they were until I got a little further on, and it's like, well, this sucks. So anyway, it, you get to Egypt, and you, like, you're moving along this path, and hey, look, there's a door um, uh, that I want to open, because I can see a plant behind it that I want to get. Like, there's a new plant there that I want, so I really want to open this door, but it takes three keys. So, all right, well, in the course of all of Egypt, I managed to get three keys. Cool. Um, I'm going to go open this door. Okay, so I go open the door, and I unlock a new plant. Awesome. New plant. New nice. stuff. Yeah. New content. Great. Check out these challenge levels, each worth a star. All right, really, like, fun, weird, like, puzzle mechanic thing. A lot of thought put into it. Awesome. You did You did great. Like, this is perfect. I got a couple stars out of this. I had a lot of fun with it, and I got a new plant. Like in this game. Um, I don't see another key for, like... 10 more, 10 more runs, and in order to unlock the three other doors in Egypt, it's going to cost me, like, 15 keys. Uh, okay. So, I could, like, go play Endless Mode, or go play these other modes, uh, these other level, challenge levels, to get stars for a while, and try to get keys that way. Or I could pay three bucks to open up the key door. Sure. No, John. No, tell me. No, I've never, I haven't spent any money on this yet. Mostly out of principle of the fact that I don't like their model. Um, the game is not a bad game, but I don't like their model. So yes, yeah, so you, can, you can spend three bucks on key doors. All right, whatever. Um, so then I go to I go to uh, to Pirate Land, and I'm like, all right, hey, look, more key doors. Oh, these take 
these take pirate keys. That's a different kind of key from Egypt keys. Did oh, you know? It's not, it's not all the same key. Um, so you could only get these keys in pirate land. So you, or you could pay three bucks and you could open up the door. Um, so that kind of sucks. Okay. So um, this my crack analogy here works, right? The, the first time it's free and then you yeah. have to pay for it. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, you just get a little taste. A little taste. It'll cost you next time. Right. I can see Just that. the tip. So, uh, so there's, there's that. And, and frankly, again, this is standard free-to-play model. Um, this is not necessarily the, the most surprising thing. I'm, as much as I dislike it, I understand it. I just think it's a bad model, right? But that's not... That still is not the stuff that's pissing me off the most. So, oh, we haven't even gotten into the stuff that pisses you off the most yet. No, I haven't. So, oh, um, I got to the to, to the challenges to get these stars, and um, just like in the first game, if you've never played the first game, you're also getting money. Like you unlock, you get money uh, occasionally. Like silver coins will drop that are worth ten gold, whatever, mm. um, and then. Uh, Occasionally, gold coins will drop that are worth fifty, and then diamonds will drop that are worth a thousand because that that uh, escalation makes sense. Um, and in the game, they have added a couple new mechanics. So one of the new mechanics, which is really cool, is fertilizer. Fertilizer will drop from glowing zombies in the levels, um, and you can store up to four of them. Okay. And you can put the fertilizer on any plant at any time, and it like supercharges the plant to do something unique to that plant. Okay, that sounds more like radiation to me. Really cool. It's really cool. Like um, just the most basic example: your sunflowers, which are your your money producers. Um, if you use fertilizer on them, they instantly generate 150 money. That is by far the most boring of the examples, but that is just an example. Um, so Would that's you really cool. Not to bore our listener and give another example. Yeah, seriously, John. Okay, so another example is there are these. Uh, I can't even remember what the, they're like dragon lilies. Or, I think they're dragon lilies. I think that's what it's called. And it's a a plant with a dragon head that spews fire into three lanes. Um, and when you use it, it flies up into the air and it shoots a giant fireball that takes up a three by three square in front of it and kills anything instantly in that square. Hmm. So there's just, there's some really, and every single plant has a different one, which is really cool. So you've got these different, these different uh, fertilizer things and you can buy a fertilizer at any point in the level for a thousand money. Okay. There are also power ups to uh, each of the, there are also, I'm sorry, just power ups that you can use with your, finger okay so one of them is a squeezing power-up where you squeeze the zombies heads and they pop (laughs) Uh, and so you instantly kill zombies that way that one costs 800 money there's another one that's a flicking one where you flick once to to throw the zombies in the air and then you flick again to throw them off the screen that's 1200 money and then there's another one where it's like an electricity bolt thing where you can draw it from zombie to zombie that's a thousand money okay I, i think i know where this is going but continue okay so um you're getting money in every you you are getting money in every level. You do get money in every single level, um, and that's great. And I have never been at zero money ever. That's good. Um, 
I'm typically hovering around fifteen thousand. We call that's that like bankruptcy if you. That's like kind of where money. I'm. That's like kind of where I'm hanging out. Pretty much always is at about fifteen thousand. And I do spend money on some levels um, because you you need to. I mean, it's a mechanic that they've added to the game that is very obviously they they anticipate you having to do it. Okay, so it's required. It's not like the sort of thing where you know right. you can just build your money up and. Right. At some and, later date, you can you know buy a super powerful new item with everything right. you've saved. Because there aren't super powerful items you buy with with coins in this game. Um, so so that's cool. Um, cool new couple mechanics, couple things, new things to keep track of. They're fun to use. You're getting the money and the levels. All that's fine. Oh, by the way, you can also buy coins with real money. Of course you can oh, buy. What coins. a shocker! Of course you can buy coins with real money. That's fine too. I haven't needed to. And when you play the game, honestly, I don't think you really need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep in mind, one of those challenges that I that I already told you about was the one where it's like don't don't spend any sun for ninety seconds, right? That like that was the longest I've been. Well, the first zombie shows up thirty seconds into your round. Actually, it's more like twenty seconds, and that zombie walks all the way to your end uh, in fifteen seconds. And you can't spend sun. You can't you can't spend sun on anything for the first 90 seconds if you want to get the star from this level. So how do you get the star then? Oh, you use these power-ups to kill the zombies. What are the what are that what does that cost? That costs money. Okay. Well you're getting the money as you play the game, so so whatever, right? Well that could pretty quickly I mean, and then if you fail that mission after doing that still, that's still that could easily sap your money. Um so that's just another way that they're trying to to get money from you that feels a little cheap. Yeah. Um like using that mechanic. But the th- the thing that pisses me off the most right. about their free to play model I thought we more were than there. more than any of this all, all of this other stuff because again, I've seen it in other free to play this other stuff in free to play models. It it doesn't surprise me. It bugs me, but it doesn't surprise me. But the thing that pisses me off the most is that they have gated a group of about 6 plants behind actual money that you cannot get any other way but paying them. And are you sure that there's no way to get them? There is no other way to get them. They just straight up say this amount of money. How, so how, much? how much? What is this amount? Like three ninety nine per plant. What? Yes, per plant. And of course, so how these... much? You, how much would you end up spending? You said there were five of them. About twenty bucks on just the plants. On I just knew the, the extra... answer to that, but I felt like sure, I would no, ask yeah, you anyway. Yeah, about twenty bucks on just the extra plants. So wow. And these plants are good, obviously. Like there some of them are plants from the first game, some of them are not, some of them look like like some of them look like new plants and I'm sure they're awesome. And they are all strictly money. Now, I am like I'm all for making a free to play game and and trying like wanting to get money out of people. Like like you like making a free to You want to make money? Yes, the games are made to make money. I get that, right? Um, but I just talked about Soul Forge, which has all of its content up front, but in my opinion, has a has a very fair and and just good way of charging its player base if they want to pay to to play their game. So, right. let me ask you a question that you might not know the answer to, but um, let's say you want to, you know. Get all the extra plants and uh, beat Plants vs. Zombies 2 within a reasonable amount of time. How much would you say it would end up costing you? I would say probably around 50 bucks. That seems excessive for a mobile game. 
Yeah, I agree, and that's and that's why that again that is why this game is is pissing me off. Yeah. Um, the the thing the thing about these these free to play games, and I I really wasn't didn't like think about it, and didn't realize it until I was playing this game, is that I can't tell anymore when I'm playing this game whether I'm like not good at the level or whether they have designed the level in such a way to make it frustrating to where I need like a boost. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And it does not a good thing. And that's the thing that pisses me off the most because some levels in the game feel unfair. The first hit is always free, John. They feel unfair. And, and so it feels like they are, they are in some cases it feels like they're requiring me to pay money. And that is the thing that I dislike. Like, like make the game fun enough so that I want to keep playing, and that's so I, I want to give you money. Don't make the game frustrating to where I need to give you money to complete your game. Because yeah. your game stops being fun. And I'm not going to play games that aren't fun. I don't have an endless amount of time. I don't want to play games that are unfun. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. This This sounds... This sounds like something Electronic Arts would do. What's the name of this game again? So the the first game, which was such a wonderful example of a small team making this wacky product that was good, was very good, has just has just it's turned into this something that is very obviously a money grabbing effort. It's it's disappointing. It's disappointing and it's it's sad to me. One other but, question then. Um, so in the game, how much do you have to pay for uh, three inches of additional legroom? So the game is the the game is fun. Is the thing that's the most aggravating is because there are, like there are there are flashes of what made the first game so good and what I liked so much about it. Sure. How much was the first game? Just ten bucks? Five bucks? It was like seven. seven it, was like, okay. it was like six or seven. All right. Um, there are flashes of that, but then then there are things that are just so like aggravating and so sad to me that it it's it's just sad. It's sad because I've always liked PopCap products, but like Peggle was one of my favorite games. My wife and I played Peggle all the time. It was a game that she really liked and we could play together and have a lot of fun with. Peggle 2 is coming out. In like I don't know, not not too long, right around the time the Xbox One does, and I'm very scared for that product now because we loved the original Peggle. I really am hoping that we can play Peggle Two together. But if it's some shitty money grab that's going to frustrate both of us to play, okay. So here's a question for you: Are you going to continue playing Plants vs Zombies Two? I don't know. I just unlocked the third. I just unlocked the third area, so I beat. I beat and. I got 30 stars for the pirate level, and that was whatever. See, th- um, this is what throws me off. If it's so fun, because you say it's insanely fun, you're admitting that, then doesn't that negate some of the repetition, the problem of the repetition? Check the podcast. I don't think he ever used the word insanely. Okay, well, it's very fun. Sometimes. It's fun when they're... It's f- so one of the things the first game did really well was it... it fed you new experiences um, on a pretty regular basis, right? Right. So, uh, and those new experiences were not just 
were not just challenges like don't spend sun or here's set all your plants first and then go. The challenges were like, instead of using sun to plant plants, we're going to give you a conveyor belt that scrolls up and you'll just randomly get plants that we give you and you can plant them anywhere and they don't cost you anything. Hmm. But it's a completely different way to like play the game. Yeah. And that'll just be one random level. Um, and you'll play six levels and then it'll be nighttime. And guess what? Fla- like flowers sleep during the night. So you have to you have to use a completely different set of flowers for nighttime that you unlock during the night. And that happens six levels in. And then there's a pool six levels later, and the pool has water, which plants can't be planted on water. It, you've got like a special mechanic for that too. So like the first game was really good about doling out new experiences. This game doles out some new experiences, but then says, hey, go back for 10 hours, go through you know, basically the same experiences, just with some challenge modes uh, to to get these stars, and then you can move on to some new stuff. Okay, so along with my, the question that I asked you earlier about how much would it cost you to complete the game in a reasonable amount of time, let's say you want to pay zero money to complete this game. How many hours would you say that would take? I I don't have a good sense for that because to my understanding... I'm in the Wild West now, and it is it is what shows as the third and final level, but I have heard that there is a fourth secret level. And I can only imagine how many stars it was going to require me <laughs> once I get to the end of the Wild West to unlock the super secret level. It's probably going to be like something like 50, 50 stupid stars that I'm probably going to have to get if I want to... If I want to move on, but that—I uh, mean—that's not that bad. You had to—you had to grind in Egypt to get fifteen. Then you had to grind. Or, in... or I'm sure I could pay like eight bucks and just unlock well, it automatically. Well, or, but, or, and then you had to grind to get thirty in the uh, in the wild in the in the pirate ship. But then Wild West, and you know, there you go. See, it did have to grind for a while, but it sounds like it's completable and yes, mostly it is. fun. So, how long would you say it would take to complete the Wild West? Then, uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe like forty to fifty hours of this one tower defense game that that starts to become tedious after a while. Okay. Um, but I can pretty like I I there are I stopped having fun towards the end of the pirate level, towards the end of the pirate world, trying to unlock the next area. I stopped having fun. Um, but I was close enough to unlocking the next area that I wanted to muscle through that. Through the, through the bit of unfun to see what was next. And granted, I've gone to the Wild West now, and there's kind of a cool mechanic where what they've un- what they've unlocked is there is a the like the very back lane of your planting area has like a mine cart that moves up and down, and you can't plant on anything but the cart. But it allows you to move that plant in the cart up and down the lanes wherever you want it to go. Um, and then the zombies come a little faster in the level to balance that out. So it's kind of cool. I mean, and that's in every single level now. They've added that like functionality, right? Uh, and that's kind of, that's fun. Like I'm having fun now again playing in the Wild West. But I I muscled through some unfun to get there. If I like get to the end of of this, if I get to the end of Wild West Town. If it remains fun, and I continue to play it, if I get to the end of Wild West Town and it tells me 50 stars, no way in hell, no way in hell I'm going to play the game to do that. And the game is not, the game has has aggravated me enough and been unfun enough to me 
that I will not spend money to unlock that content. So whatever the plan of that of that free-to-play model is, it, it, it has not worked on me. It has done the opposite. It has, make, it has made me less likely to continue to play the game. Not on you, but to speed things along, I mean, like you said, it, you know, to get those first 15 stars, like, what, four or five bucks? To get the second 30, the star door, to get through that, it's another, like, four or five? I mean, if you're just talking about the star doors, it sounds like it's, like, 10, 12 bucks to me at the most. Yeah, Which but I... reasonable for a, a, you know, for a game, I think, overall. Sure, but I don't know if, uh, because I've because I've spent a lot of time, like getting keys to unlock doors to unlock new plants that are gated behind some of those doors. I don't know how easy it would be to play some of the later levels without some of those unlocked, uh, un- without some of that unlocked stuff. Yeah. Not to mention, I have played enough to where I have a decent amount of money saved up so that I can buy those upgrades that are necessary that have been necessary in the level in the later levels I've been playing. Like, there's no way that I could have beaten some of these levels without those upgrades. Interesting. Okay. And if somebody was paying for this content to move forward, guess what? They're not going to have a lot of anything that you get while playing the game. Yeah. That you then need to beat some of the levels. So it sounds to me like you're strongly recommending that if people really like tower defense games, download it, play through Egypt. And then if you want to have, if you have an obsessive personality, go ahead and unlock stuff. If you have a ton of money and for some reason you're still not sponsoring our podcast, uh, first of all, do that. Second of all, just buy your way through a bunch of stuff, and it'll probably cost you 50 bucks. But if you don't have a ton of time or patience or money and you want a full experience, buy the first game or GTFO. Yeah, right? So, And and maybe that is the thing that is the most upsetting about about all of it, right? So if this was just any other tower defense game with a wacky style... Um, that was kind of funny. Watch it there, pal. <laughs> maybe, maybe I would download it, and like maybe I would download it um, if it came under recommendation, and play it for a bit, and probably lose interest in it in a while. But because it is a game that I had such fondness for in its first iteration, it makes it more disappointing because my expectations—I had expectations for this game—and. Uh, it has. It is not living up to those expectations. And it's a gold star game. It's it's Plants vs Zombies. It's one of the most well known tower defense games out there right now. Yes, exactly. So you know, like, just, just sad. It's just it's it's sad. Wow. But I will probably I will probably continue to play it. But if you are looking for a better free to play game that you can play for longer, I I really highly recommend Soul Forge. It is really good. Yeah, I understand. Well. Uh, I'm glad that Soulforge sounds like a, a good thumbs up. Uh, I'd also like to mention uh, a couple different things that have run through my head during this podcast before I get into yet another amazing segue to close the episode. Get ready, John. You're And John, too. Get okay. ready for this. Okay, tell me when, and I will talk about the segue. Okay, all right. I'll get, I'll get to that soon. So a couple things that ran through my mind during the podcast. First... Uh, when we were talking about completionism earlier and kind of wanting to be perfect in certain levels, get those three stars, angry birds, all things like that, 
there is an episode of Game Theory. I've talked about this YouTube show on our on our podcast several times before. It's one of my favorite YouTube channels. It's called Game Theory. Uh, it's this guy that just delves into the science behind a lot of video game rumors and, and kind of gives theories. But he did a collaboration with The Completionist, which is another YouTube channel. I don't actually watch The Completionist. But he did a collaboration and actually goes into the science and psychology behind why we complete games. Uh, it relates to self-actualization. It's really interesting, uh, very down-to-earth and easy to understand. I strongly recommend you check out Game Theory and uh, his episode on The Completionist. And I'll definitely link to that on our Google Plus page and put a link on our Tumblr page as well. So, real quick, um, is it sort of like the IKEA effect to some extent? So the IKEA effect is that everyone you know who knows the store IKEA, you you buy your furniture pieces there and then you build them yourself. And uh, it's been found that people consistently rate like the furniture that they've they buy and then build higher than um, and more valuable to them than if they had simply uh, bought that same piece of furniture. That's interesting even for the same. Price, huh. I believe, and it's because of the amount of time and effort and energy they put into it. So um, people like people like games more if they invest a lot of sure. time in if them. Anything you invest in, you you value more highly. I can see that. Uh, it's yes, it's that on a slightly different level. What he goes into is self actualization. As uh, there are different levels of how people kind of define themselves. He goes into some ancient philosophy. There's a philosopher that talks about this. I'm surprised you you don't know it off the top of your head, actually, uh, but. Um, basically we define ourselves by what we have accomplished and what we've done to a certain degree. Like at your very base level, there's like your, your needs, you're like, you need to breathe and eat and sleep and things like that. And then a level above that, there's a certain purpose you want to accomplish. And then above that, there's a certain purpose. So it's kind of like a pyramid and then it stacks. Uh, so he goes into so much more detail. Maslow's hierarchy? Yes. It might, that might be, yeah, Maslow's hierarchy. Does that, if that's, I don't know, I don't remember. He was a psychologist. Yeah, so it could be that. He, and of course it's, he ends every episode with, it's just a theory, so he may not be right, but it, it certainly is an interesting theory as to why people are so, such completionists. Um, so I'll link to that. The other thing I wanted to mention is earlier John touched on Defense Grid as a more kind of hardcore tower defense game. I downloaded that game. I bought it uh, for John 2. John 2. John 2 and I lived together for some time, so... Uh, you probably got it for like $2 on the last Steam sale, didn't you? No, it was on... I think I did. This was pre-Steam for me. See, for me, there's there's BS and AS, before Steam and after Steam. Sure. And now I'm an ass hole. But before Steam, which I really only recently got into this year, uh, I got an Xbox 360. John 2 actually holds one of the top... Is it the high score or the second score? I got second place. It's, it's the number two highest score on one of the levels on Defense Grid on all of Xbox Live. Which is very impressive. Which is insane. Insane. So kudos to the, for that. That's amazing. And uh, now, John, Martin, we can talk about this amazing segue. So we're going to segue. We are. Into the final Mathada thwat no, of the episode. Now. now it, yeah, now. Now is good. Now. Uh, it's, it's, it's very funny to me that you were talking about how funny it is that we brought up tower defense games when you happen to be uh, about to talk about plants. Talking about one. Well, yeah. Well, but even more specifically, 
Plants vs. Zombies 2, because this brings us to the podcast's very first giveaway. So, listen... I know. I know. I think something's wrong with my headset. Oh, it went away. Yeah, listener, don't bother, though. I'm already winning this one. Okay, congratulations to John 2, who has won... Okay, so there's going to be a giveaway. No, and and it is it is literally from Plants vs. Zombies 2. So, listener, if you're a uh, serious listener to this podcast, which I'm sure you are, because why wouldn't you be? You know that I went to E3 this year for the first time. Uh, I was E3 a few months ago, and I was on the lookout for swag everywhere, of course. I could have gotten a Final Fantasy XIV tote bag, but... The last time I checked, the line was six hours long, and this was three hours before the convention was closing. Not sure how that works, but uh, needless to say, I did not end up with a Final Fantasy XIV tote bag. What I did get, however, is when I went to Electronic Arts area, I got some swag for Plants vs. Zombies 2. And it's been sitting on my desk because I, I, I was thinking about starting giveaways, you know, later this month, maybe early October... But you you started talking about it, and I looked over, and right behind my microphone is the Plants vs. Zombie 2 swag, which is a very cool thing if you like gaming collectibles, because this is E3 swag. As far as I know, they didn't give this out anywhere else. You can't get it anywhere else. It comes with a little card inside that says Plants vs. Zombies 2 coming July 2013, available on the Apple App Store. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. I, it got delayed. So I got delayed and it didn't come out till August. Oh, yeah, well, go there ahead. you go. So this is even, this Actually, is Actually, September. came out in September. Oh, my God. It's, it's vintage. This is the original release date of July 2013, and it didn't even come out until September. So uh, what it is is I, I don't know if I want to give it a, give away what it actually is or just say that I have an exclusive Plants vs. Zombies 2 E3 swag. I don't know how I want to play this. I think you should probably tell people what it is. Probably tell people what it is. Okay, so it is. Yeah, because if it's a if it's a big dildo, um, you know you want them to pay. for It's shipping a Plants vs Zombies two dildo. No, you actually shouldn't have to pay for shipping. It should only cost me a dollar or two to send. Uh, it's very light. It is. Uh, it is twelve plantable paper coins. Twelve, you say? Twelve. It's dough that grows, and it's these little paper coins. Maybe, I'll, yeah, since I'm talking about it anyway, I'll post a picture on our uh, Google Plus and Tumblr pages. So there are uh, four of each kind, because four times three is 12. There are snapdragons for snapping, time for traveling, and bok choy for roughage, is what this little card says. And uh, <laughs> if you choose to do so, you may plant it a quarter inch deep in proper places and times to protect your home now and throughout history. Water daily until sprouting starts. Of course, you probably won't water it because it's a super collectible. But uh, there are purple queens that uh, have a picture of a zombie with a cowboy hat, and it's a, that's time. There are green coins with a zombie with a pirate uh, bandana that is uh, bok choy. And then there is a zombie with a pharaoh, like, sphinx, uh, you know, head thing uh, that is yellow, and that is the snapdragon. So actually... Cowboys, pirates, and Egypt. So, should our listener actually choose to plant these? Are they biodegradable? I have no idea. I know nothing about them other than it says plant plantable paper coins. 
uh, May plant. But they come in this little uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2, I'm just going to call it a dice bag because that's what it looks like the most. Uh, very small dice bag. It would hold maybe uh, a couple sets of dice, maybe 20, 25, 30-ish. Just kind of eyeballing it. So you get this little Plants vs. Zombies 2 uh, dice bag, ostensibly 12 plantable paper coins with uh, with zombies on them, and you know it says what they are, and that little promotional card and everything. Uh, so it's very tiny. I, I honestly may just... I may be able to send this with one stamp. I'll probably put two on it just in case. But I, it's very light. It's very light. Um, so it's not a huge, expensive thing. We're not giving away a video game, but it is exclusive E3 swag. So that's kind of cool. And uh, here's what I think you should do, though. Tell me, this. tell me about this. So you should give away this Plants vs Zombie swag for free, but announce the winner on your next podcast, which will cost ninety nine cents <laughs> for the listener to purchase. <laughs> I see what you did there. How did that not get a slow cap from you, John Martin? <laughs> Thank you. You guys need so, to hire me full time. That's good. So, how can our listener win this? First of all, how can I win this? Because I kind of want it. Do you actually? No, I want our listeners to have it. Or sure, listen, sure. Well, our our listeners. So that one listener that's actually listening to this. Here's how you're going to win this. Sure, and you can tell your friends you all. You can tell your friends you got this at E3. Very exclusive, like I said several times. Uh, so we are all about Google Plus right now. John and I have a hard on for Google Plus. Uh, I think it's super interactive. I love the communities. It's really easy to talk to people, and we have uh, we've started to grow a fan base there, a legitimate fan base. We have over 150 followers in our circles, but we would like that to expand a little bit. So I am going to include instructions on how you can win this swag but basically when i post a link to this episode you're listening to right now i'll include a couple instructions like hey share this for your chance to win go ahead and share it make sure you add us to your google plus circles and you can also win an additional entry if you follow us on tumblr so we really just want you to share our podcast with your friends and add us to your circles. And again, you can win a little extra thing if you share this on Tumblr and reblog the podcast to your Tumblr friends. So uh, one entry for Google+, one entry for Tumblr. Uh, sorry, we don't have a Facebook page. So, you know, feel free to share it there. We would love you for that. But uh, it's not going to get you an entry. And uh, yeah, we should also give you an entry if you write, if you write an iTunes review. You want to do that? Absolutely. Let's do that. that would be fine. Write us a review on iTunes. So three networks... We should be covering all the bases here. Tumblr, Google+, and iTunes. Certainly, no, none of those networks is like Facebook where everybody's on it. But between all of you listeners, between you listener are probably on one of those. And especially Google+, because all you have to do is have Gmail. So, uh, yeah, add us to your circles for an entry and reblog, uh, re, you know, uh, share the post. Add us to your Tumblr subscriptions and reblog if you want a Tumblr entry. And then just rate us an iTunes review and subscribe if you want an iTunes entry. Uh, so up to three entries. You can have up to three entries. And then this. we'll go ahead and announce the pod, the uh, winner on the next podcast. We will announce the winner on the next podcast. We which will. is pay to listen. Which is, uh, yeah, which is a pay to listen episode. No, that's not true at all. And you know what else I've been doing that I actually wanted to do uh, this episode just to wrap up? I'll start our next episode with this. So, listener, thank you for your patience. Uh, I meant to do this earlier. Is, uh, John, I don't know how familiar you are with John Martin. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, what I've been doing 
the kind of activity I've been doing on a Google Plus page, the kind of things I've been posting. A lot of porn, a lot of henchy, hentai. Yeah, I've been I've been reading uh, the hentai. Hentai, yeah, yeah, sure. So I've been asking, I've been asking our fans, what video games are you playing this weekend? So just a quick shout out to some of our listeners. Uh, our our good friend Nora played Dive Kick last weekend and the original Halo. I haven't played that one in a while or ever. Uh, our buddy Matthews playing MMOs: The Secret World and Guild Wars Two. Maybe some Shadowrun. Uh, Jamie is playing Rayman on Wii U, Dungeons and Dragons on Wii U. Pop, probably some Earthbound. Hell yeah, represent. Oh wow, Earthbound. Holy yeah, cow. and a nice helping of Animal Crossing on the 3DS. Uh, Jason is thinking of going old school and playing Shining Force One and Two. Have you played two, this? Two is excellent. Really? Two, two is a wonderful strategy role-playing game. Nice. Yes. Yeah. We got yeah, I, have, I have played through that game multiple times. Awesome. Uh, Raymond has been playing Skyrim, because who gets enough of Skyrim? And Francisco, our fan, uh, I don't know if this is a game or not. He just said, F*** yeah, in all caps, with a bunch of exclamation points. Oh, he's playing F*** yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Also, an incredible game. <laughs> what console is that on? I don't remember. Uh, you can check your hench eye links. Yeah, it's the sequel to Hell Yeah. Oh, that is. That's right. Sequel to Hell Yeah. Good call. So uh, thank you for participating, uh, listeners. Please continue to share with us. I think next episode we'll start with what our listeners played over the weekend and, you know, riff on it a little bit because that could be fun. Um, yeah, but, but absolutely. We encourage participation, and thanks for listening. And definitely, like I said, uh, you know, um, help us get the word out about the podcast on, on Google Plus, Tumblr, and iTunes, and for your chance to win Plants vs. Zombies 2 swag. And just to uh, to take care of the rest of the housekeeping stuff, you can find us then on Google Plus. We are Unqualified Podcast. Um, unqualified a Video Game Podcast. Unqualified a Video Game Podcast. You can find us on uh, on Tumblr. We are videogamepodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah. You can find Cody on Twitter. He is at Producer Cody. You can find me on Twitter. I am uh, at EatPlayGame. Um, John, John Sue, are you on Twitter? Don't try to find me anywhere. <laughs> You're in Russia. Are you even allowed to use the internet? Don't tell the listener where I am. Oh, okay. And I think that's pretty much the, the main place you can find us. And then, you know, you can always write us, I just, write us iTunes reviews, like Cody said. That'll get you a, uh, an entry into the contest this week anyway. Yeah, we would love that. A couple of you have written those, and thank you so, so, so much. They were really nice of you to do. And, John, you always forget to plug our Twitch TV page, which you were so excited about at first. Uh, I still am excited about it. I just haven't had a lot of time to stream that's true. lately. There have been that's a lot true. of a lot of stuff going on on the weekends. Uh, so, and, yes, you can also find us on Twitch TV, uh, Twitch.tv slash unqualified podcast. You have been streaming some stuff. I will be streaming some stuff soon. Yeah. And it'll, and it'll be good. I have been. And you know, I'm so annoyed at myself because... Because you're really bad at civilization. <laughs> Shut up. We'll, we'll maybe mention Civ 5 next episode. No, I had a house full of people yesterday and I forgot to stream and we played Dive Kick for like an hour and a half. That would have been the best. You have failed... Every, pretty much everyone. I didn't really have a mic set up, so it wouldn't have been good. But uh, but Dive Kick has lived up to the seven fifty I paid for it. And John John too, you played it as well. You you, you found it annoyingly fun. It's fun for about 10, 15 minutes. Perfect, the perfect length of time. You are a liar. You enjoyed it the whole time. No, I mean I would only ever play it in bursts of ten <laughs> or fifteen minutes at most. Um, I'm not saying I didn't have fun. I did have fun, but. After that point, then I'm just like, okay, I'm done with this for now. Maybe a little more tomorrow. 
or in a week. Yeah, it's true. I couldn't marathon for like an hour, but when you play, it's really fun. And our friend Blake, uh, who's the birthday boy from the weekend, aka marriage, he his exact words were, "It's it's surprisingly fun. It actually takes more skill than most fighting games I've played." Which makes it really fun. So we all liked it. So good on dive kick. He's yeah. entirely unqualified to be making. Yeah, he's statement. really not qualified. He's like less qualified than we are, unless you're talking we're, about Zelda. Hey, we're I just per, had a great idea for this podcast. So it should be free to listen, <laughs> but when you say something that sounds like actual content, bleep it out and make your listeners pay to hear that particular 99 part. cents for the unbleeped content. So That's right. you'll get two hours of us rambling and about 15 minutes of bleeped content, right. which... You can unlock you will, which by you will paying. Unlock. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to listen to the whole thing over again. You are full of the worst ideas. Do you know that? They are the worst ideas I have ever heard. What? I thought we were just going to do that and rename ourselves Electronic Arts, a video game podcast. Zing! Zing!